everybody. This is Heidi St. John. Welcome to the Busy Mom Podcast. Today is Friday. Let's hear it for Friday, November the 4th. We are just a few days out from probably what is going to be the most historic election in our nation's history. And I want, I'm going to take the next two podcasts uh, today which is the November 4th, and also next Monday's podcast, which will air on the 7th, to talk to a young mother who I think is going to be really, who is really going to bless and encourage you. Uh, for those of you who have been following me online, you know that I'm in Tampa right now. Uh, tonight is the opening night for Fearless, the women's conference that I do around the country. And uh, online registration for that is now closed. If you are interested in coming uh, and you're in the area tonight, we would love to have you. We're going to be digging into the Word of God. We're going to be talking about issues that are happening in the culture, and we're going to be spending some time in prayer and in worship. So I hope that you'll come out. Most of my family has joined me in Tampa, and also Dorenda. Many of you follow her online with me. She is also uh, at Fearless. So, And for those of you who are not in the Tampa area, we would covet your prayers for this event. Uh, the Holy Spirit is it. Uh, on the move in this nation. And so many things are up in the air right now, but the Holy Spirit is calling his people. And so we are excited to see what God's going to do in Tampa this weekend. If you're interested in coming and uh, online registration is closed, you can email Dorenda, D-U-R-E-N-D-A, at thebusymom.com, and she'll get back to you and let you know if there are any seats available. Uh, but we would love it. We would love to fill every seat in that auditorium, and we can hold up to 400 women. So uh, we may not be full, so give us, uh, give us a, a shout out if you want to come, Dorenda at thebusymom.com. So today I am thrilled to have a, 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 a new friend, actually, on the podcast with me. Her name is Ashley Sigrest. I found out about Ashley because as many of you know who follow me online and on my blog, I am a, a very vocal pro-life supporter. I have been vocal in the election. I will continue to be vocal after the election. I'm doing almost anything that I can with my platform to speak out on behalf of the unborn. And I posted something several weeks ago. And uh, one of the questions that came up, I was talking about uh, pro-life and my desire to see us vote people into office who would make changes uh, in the abortion platform and make it eventually make it illegal with no exceptions. And I recognize that Donald Trump's uh, view is that um, he is pro-life. He has changed his view. He used to be pro-choice. He's now pro-life. Uh, I think he has the three exceptions, uh, rape, incest, and the life of the mother. And I think most of us who are uh staunchly pro-life would say that, you know, even though it sounds cruel, um, we don't believe in the exception. I've, I've never believed that um, murder is a good alternative to rape. And so we are, these these are discussions that we need to be having in this nation right now. And naturally, one of the very first people to post on my, uh, on my page said, uh, well, what do you think about uh, babies who are conceived in rape. What about those mothers? Why, why don't you care about those mothers? And I don't even think I'd had a chance to answer that question before I saw Ashley's comment come up on my page. And Ashley um, has an incredible story, a powerful story. Uh, she experienced an abortion also. 
because of rape. And I think that gives her an incredibly powerful platform to speak to the issue. And so um, I got in touch with Ashley and reached out to her and just said, would you be willing to come on the podcast and talk to our listeners um, about your experience? And uh, so I'm going to let you know a little bit about Ashley. I love this. This is her her bio. She says that she's a self-professed dork who loves sharing the gospel and digging deeper into scripture. I love her already. Uh, I want to live my life in such a way that it inspires others to passionately seek Jesus and have lively faith. I'm happily married homeschooling mom to four blessings who runs on Holy Spirit power, coffee, and laughter. Uh, I enjoy good books, yummy tacos, and cheesy jokes, and I love this. I might be a tad too sarcastic at times. And Ashley and I are going to get along famously, I can tell. (laughs) Uh, Ashley has four children. They range in age from 11 to 3, and she's been married for 12 years to her sweet man, Brad. So, Ashley, thanks for coming on the show today. Thanks for having me. So I was really moved by your story, and I'm wondering if um, we can just jump right to it, uh, given the amount of time that we have. And you can uh, tell our listeners about uh, your story. What happened to you? Right as I was getting ready to graduate high school, I was raped by someone I knew and someone I trusted. And at that time, I had considered myself her life. I was even on a video and said that even if I ever got raped, I would never have an abortion. Lo and behold, a few months later, I was raped. I conceived by that rape. And abortion seemed like that was the only option for me. Even the best Christians will tell you that if a woman gets raped, she should be able to have an abortion. And during this time, I was so hurt by what had happened to me, and I was extremely fearful, and I just wanted to escape what I was going through with my rape. And that's the promise that the pro-choice argument will make, is that if you have an abortion, you can go on with the rest of your life as if nothing had happened. And that was my plan. Um, I had the abortion. I moved to a different state to start college, and I tried to go on with my life as if none of it had ever happened. And it wasn't too long afterwards that I started having really terrible nightmares about the rape, about the abortion. And I didn't understand, you know, why they just wouldn't go away. And one day in a class, I had opened up my textbook and it happened to show the gestation ages. And I was very naive at 17 and 18. And I didn't understand what 10 weeks pregnant really meant, or 24 weeks, or 40 weeks. I had no idea about pregnancy. And so as I opened that book, and I saw the age of gestation that my child was at the time of my abortion, it hit me. I didn't just abort my rapist baby. I killed my child, and that he was my flesh and my blood. And it really spiraled me out of control. I started drinking to numb the pain, to try to keep my nightmares from coming. If I could just pass out, I wouldn't dream. And I so badly wanted to reach out to people and tell them what I was going through. But I lived in this fear that if I told anyone, that they were just going to judge me and that they were going to hate me. And I kept it all bottled up until about a year after my abortion, I ended up getting arrested for underage drinking and a pastor who I was very close to him and his family. I babysat for them. 
just asked me, you know, what in the world is going on with you? This is not the character that we thought that you had. And I finally just laid it out before them. And instead of calling me all the horrible names, I imagined they would. They did nothing but shower me with love and with grace. And that night I gave my life to Christ for real. And Mm -hmm. through that journey of even being a Christian, I still struggled with the fear of people knowing about my abortion. And I would go right back into drinking, suicide attempts, because I knew Jesus forgave me, but I couldn't forgive myself. Mm -hmm. And the fear that consumed me of anyone knowing that I had had an abortion, it just, it kept me in such a strong sin cycle for many years. Mm. And one of the things I hear over and over again, you and I were just talking off air about this. Um, I had a a woman uh, contact me recently who said she was a pastor's wife. She had four four children. And she said the, the hardest thing for her to do was even at this stage, it's been so many years since her abortion. And she is still unable to say that, that this is what happened to her. That she, And I think it's part of the conversation we need to be having as Christians. The Bible says that there is mm-hmm. therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Yeah. And it seems to me that the enemy would love to uh, to take the lives of two people when an abortion happens, not just the life of the child, but also the life of the mother and steal her joy and her her ability to uh, receive the grace and forgiveness of Christ. And I think a lot of the ways that he, and one way that he does that is by making us feel ashamed and unable to speak about it. And so how did you overcome that? Did you notice when you started speaking out and saying, I had an abortion, what did that was that the beginning of a healing process for you, just realizing, hey, is Romans 8.28 actually true? Does God work all things together for good? What did that look like in your life as you sort of processed your way through this? That is totally one of my verses. Um, <laughs> after I got married and I had my first child, the secret of my abortion was still a heavy weight that I carried. And I happened to come across a website called Silent No More Awareness. And it was showing these women who were all standing in front of the Supreme Court sharing their testimonies of abortion and how Jesus had healed them. And I was shocked that these women were speaking out loud about their abortion. And so I contacted them and I was given the contact information for a local representative who was a volunteer at our Center for Pregnancy Choices. And she told, you know, she asked if I had ever gone through a post-abortive healing. And I told her no. And she said, well, we have a Bible study. We would love for you to come through before you can volunteer to help at the CPC. And in my mind, I thought, well, I'm a Christian. You know, I'm good. Jesus has forgiven me. I'm safe. I don't have to do this. But she laid it out there that I could not volunteer if I didn't. So I went ahead and did it, thinking it wasn't going to be a big deal but it was more than I had anticipated because I didn't understand at the time that I needed healing as well as the forgiveness. Mm. And I didn't realize the deep wounds my abortion left me with. And I started meeting with a counselor, ended up being diagnosed at the time. She said, you know, I had what seems like post-traumatic stress disorder, which now you can find facts and improve of, post-traumatic abortion syndrome of women who've gone through abortion and have some of the same um, 
issues of depression and suicidal thoughts, alcohol, drug abuse, as people who have PTSD. And everything just started to click for me that that abortion didn't solve any of my problems. It just added a thousand pound weight on top of the problems I already had with my rape. Mm. And so I walked through uh, the post-abortive Bible study. I was shocked that there was ever a thing. Because at the time, the only thing I knew of Bible study was Beth Moore did Bible studies. <laughs> so it <laughs> right. was totally foreign to me that there was such a thing for women like me. And through that study, it just really had us uncover why we chose abortion, what we felt afterwards, during. And it was a hard process, but it was very cleansing. And I remember in the sixth week of that study, they had me read from Isaiah 43. And as I'm reading the scripture and reading the words of, you know, that the Lord called me by name, I am his. When I walk through the fires of oppression, I will not be consumed. And It just clicked. I don't have to live in shame. I don't have to live in this guilt that Jesus paid the price for that. And... It was like I was born again, again. I was completely lifted of that burden. And slowly and surely, the Lord started giving me opportunity to share my story with friends at church. And eventually, um, on a platform, when personhood came to our state of Mississippi, he had me speak out and share my testimony of great conception and choosing abortion. And from there, he just continues to open doors. And, you know, I realize that I don't have anything to be ashamed of, that he has forgiven me, he has healed me, and that by talking about my abortion, it not only continues to bring healing to me, but it also honors the child that I aborted. Mm. That's beautiful. And so and that's I, something, yeah. I think one of the one of the things that I'm hearing in, in your voice and uh and we're going to talk about this a little bit more on Monday. Is that you're 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 basically speaking to because I can guarantee you with an audience as wide as this podcast has that there are lots and lots of women who are listening to this today who have experienced yeah. the pain of abortion. And I think it's time for the church instead of not talking about it or only only trying to minister and in prevention, which is so important, which is why I have been so vocal in telling people, please get out and vote. Vote uh, for the candidate who has the best shot at upholding uh, pro-life. One of the things that Hillary Clinton has promised to do is to repeal the Hyde Amendment uh, yes. pretty much on day one, which would, um, right now, uh, abortions are, are uh, protected from uh, federal funding. But when they once she repeals the Hyde Amendment, then our tax dollars are going to go to the expansion um, and the funding of abortion, which I, I just believe God says in his word, you know, murder at the top of his list. Do yeah. not do not take the life of an innocent people. We will be held accountable for that. Absolutely. And so we've been. And that's one thing that I try to when I get the opportunity to speak in churches and share my testimony with other Christians is that being pro-life is so much more than just saying you're pro-life. It's being active in how you live your life and what you support. Where, you're, where is your money going to? Are you supporting pro-life efforts? Where is your vote going to? Are you voting 
for stricter abortion laws? You know, who are we putting into these offices? It is so much more than just saying that you're against abortion. But it has to come back to our faith. Are we active in our faith and in that stance? And what are we doing to stop it? Yep. And there's never been a better time than there is right now, uh, right at the cusp of this election. Many people who are listening to this today are still sitting on the fence. And uh, I'm just going to encourage you, and I know Ashley would too, to get off the fence and uh, and vote and to really pray about uh, yeah. what God would have you do, because there literally are millions of lives um, hanging in the balance. Al, um, Ashley, I love your story because it's so clear to me in listening to you that the Lord has kept his promise to you and he's using your oh. testimony to share uh, the truth about abortion with the, anybody who will listen. And also it's a, your story is a story of God's grace and mercy. And so I really appreciate you coming back and I'm looking forward to you uh, coming back on Monday as we're going to talk a little bit more about the power um, that's found in the healing uh, of Jesus Christ. It really is a life changer. I have experienced that kind of healing in my own life from a different kind of sorrow. But God is a healer. He is a mm-hmm. Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. So um, I hope everybody will come back. Ashley, thank you so much for coming on today. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you. And uh, for those of you listening who want to continue uh, hearing Ashley's story, we're going to be talking about uh, the healing power of Jesus uh, here at the podcast next Monday, November 7th, and I hope that you'll join us then. This is Heidi St. John, and this is The Busy Mom Podcast. For more encouragement, visit me online at thebusymom.com.